Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. Episode 154, can you believe it? I can't. We got the number right. We got the number right this time. It's the Only Three Lads podcast. Thank you for being here once again. We take a look at the golden age of alternative music between 1974 to 1999 each and every week with you here on this podcast. I am Uncle Greg, of course. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Brett Fargo. The legend, yeah. Why didn't we do Wire songs this episode? Wire songs? Yeah. Um, like the band wire? Or yeah, like the band the wire, because they have an album, 154 or 154. This is episode 154. Wouldn't that have been serendipitous? It would have. It would have been good. I don't even think we have that one in the randomizer, though, so. No. Oh, yeah, wow. well, hey, you know, sometimes, you know, your creativity, episode 154, we've experienced it. 153 times before today and yep. uh, sometimes it just hits when it hits and you never know so you know thank god for our phones you got notes there i always have a pen and paper because i'm one of those old school people i don't you know i'll lose it on my digital stuff so i like to <laughs> I, I like to have bits and pieces and 27 different little notebooks and so that's what makes this work yeah you know i i represent obviously the younger more tech savvy crew you're like the gramps of the group you know yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm like the curmudgeon i get it you know totally. <laughs> i say there's there's like four years separating <laughs> us i mean it's not you know you know you're you're not prehistoric yet those were four big years i gotta tell they you were, that they were well, you know talking about being gramps so even sitting down getting ready to do this podcast i have two drinks in my hand i've been juicing so i got my little juice that i've been doing in the morning now and, uh, you know, I put blueberries in there and strawberries, bananas, a little uh, uh, ground. Um, what's the word? Metamucil. Well, that helps. But no, not yet. I have no problems there. Um, ginger is the word I'm looking for. Mm, that's and, good. That sounds really good. Yeah. And then I mix it up and uh, I put chia seeds in there. I sometimes do it with water or with almond milk. And so that's what I've been doing in the morning. And that's so that's fine. Yeah. And uh, I had a bottle of cold water in my hand. And so I'm looking for my water. And I'm like, I, I know I just had it because I could still feel the cold in my hand. And I knew it was probably two or three feet from me. But then I was getting frustrated going, oh, God, come on. And so I was like, Gramps, where did you put the damn water? And uh, it was within about, it was like about 18 inches from my face. Yeah. But I found it. So talk about, yes, curmudgeon. Here I am. Well, and it was your son Cannon's birthday, so you now have another adult in the house. That is correct. Officially. So now I've, I've already told him it's no longer child abuse. It's just um, abuse. You know, it, well, it's just assault. It's just regular could, old abuse. Yeah, it's not child abuse. It's assault, and I could totally live with that. So, you know, <laughs> watch your P's and Q's, boy. And uh, no, but he, uh, we had a pretty good day yesterday for his birthday. But yeah, it was. Uh, he's now 18. Very, very strange. Um I put it on Facebook, you know, time does go fast. Time is really a uh, gift and you never know your last interactions with people. Mm -hmm. I've really been feeling that lately. And so it's like, oh, wow, you know, you never know when your last time is. You got to have more uh, compassion and you got to have more empathy. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, when he was little, I used to cuddle with him to go to sleep. And that was some of my favorite times. And now when I do that, he threatens to call the police. So things change as times go on. And so it kind of is just one of those things that uh, you got to do with what you got when you have the time. And uh, you, time is like, it's just rented. Your life is rented. We're only here for a short period of time. I'm into astronomy and all that kind of stuff. And you're only here for just a little boop. And that's boop. it. That's it. You're just here for a little beep. Well, he is a very lucky young man. Why is that? To have you as a dad. Oh, it's Come really. On. You know what? We've even done the hand prayers on him for that. So I don't know if uh, you know that's totally true. But thank you for the the kind words. 
Yeah, so many life lessons to learn from <laughs> Yeah, here's what you don't do by example. Okay, so if a girl <laughs> has got, you know, flies. No, I'm just kidding. But, you a know, girl has flies? Why, yes, <laughs> you know. Here is a lesson that everyone should, should, should learn. Though. I'm talking about doing my uh, little shakes. If you put protein powder in that cup, whether it's a shaker cup or with the, I'm a type of guy who needs a sippy cup because mm -hmm. that's who I am. And so anytime you screw on the top or anything, you got to wash that out daily because if oh, not, yeah. it smells it like nasty. someone took a, yeah, it smells like someone took a crap in your cup. And that's just sometimes I've had thrown away cups because it just smelled so bad. I can never put my face next to it. Yep. Reeks of like dead body. It's awesome. But hey, we're, we're talking about Vince Clark today. We are a top five Vince Clark songs. Talk about a guy who put his stamp on the 80s and really on synth pop. Yeah, I, it was really hard to pick some of these songs. I mean, you know what my list is going to be. Everyone knows the songs I'm going to be picking. You just got to wonder which order. Yeah. But it's one of those guys who really, I guess you can really say he was kind of the, the genesis of a lot of the synths. I mean, I don't think Kraftwerk, of course, before him, and there was other bands, but a guy who really took it to the next level and really made a mark on the synth pop world. And I think it's a fair assumption that probably all of you out there are at least somewhat familiar with Vince Clark to some degree, but just in case, since he is the star of our show, just a little rundown on him. He was born Vincent John Martin on July 3rd, 1960 in South Woodford, Essex in the jolly old UK. He was a classically trained musician who got the bug to make electronic music after hearing orchestral maneuvers in the dark in the late seventies, which then led to a band with school chum, Andy Fletcher called no romance in China. Shortly after they added Martin Gore to the mix and called themselves composition of sound. And of course, as they say, the rest is history with the addition of lead vocalist, David gone composition of sound morphed into Depeche mode. Of course he left Depeche mode after the first album speak and spell, then teamed up with Alison Moyet for Yazoo. They released two huge albums and a string of singles that hovered near the top of the charts. He took up with various uh, production duties and projects, notably the assembly, then landed on probably his most formidable partnership with Andy Bell in Erasure, an alliance that has lasted 19 studio albums to date, five that have hit number one in the UK, some of the most beloved singles of the past 40 years, and that's only scratching the surface. So you said it. He's an electronic music pioneer, a synth pop legend, someone who helped to expand the very definition of what a rock star looks and sounds like. So let's give it up for today's third lad, Vince Clark. Oh, Vince Clark is not actually here. No, wouldn't that be so cool, though? But yeah, I, I don't think that's going to I feel happen. like I was introducing him. He's here in spirit. You know, I, one thing about looking and kind of researching him for this episode a lot of the times he, when he left bands like Depeche Mode or Yazoo, it was always like, oh, well, there was creative differences and, you know, there was friction and we didn't get along. And so I was thinking about this and hearing him just keep repeating it because, of course, he's not like he doesn't want to be the front guy. He likes to be in the back. Even in some interviews I was watching, he was talking about how, you know, people were like, well, how do we know that you're answering our questions? He's like, oh, I got stock answers and I just keep saying them for years. Right. You know, and <laughs> So let me just tell you, like when he left Depeche Mode, he was like, oh, well, there was ego problems. And then Yazoo, there was ego problems. So just saying, I'm not sure this is the truth or not. But anytime you see someone who has a pattern like that, sometimes it's them with that ego problem. So I'm wondering if like, you know, when he was doing these bands and doing these songs, you know, Depeche Mode got very popular very quickly. And, yeah. um, you know, that's one of the things that he talks about was that I guess his, you know, his his uh, pop star stardom is kind of, you know, wasn't for him. And then he went to Yazoo and was just going to make a demo of the song Only You. And his friend Alice or his friend was in a band with Allison Moyer. And next thing you know, they're like, oh, what's, why don't you guys make an album? And then they're on top of the charts. I mean, could you imagine that sort of just success that quickly like you know one day you're in a flat or in a kitchen doing vocals for only you and then a couple months later the song is you know the top on the charts that's crazy yeah and he did it with two bands it's amazing he probably should have somewhat of an ego he knows what he's doing uh so i don't know if he was very difficult or if people around him started to get difficult and he just didn't want to deal and i don't really know what it was that led to the fallout with depeche mode when you listen to that first album speak and spell there's a certain, I don't want to say campiness, but there's a certain lightness to that music 
you have, you know, stuff like Boys Say Go or No Disco or that after he departed from the band, I couldn't picture Depeche Mode going in that direction again. Yeah. Well, they moved in a pretty good direction. Oh, absolutely. I don't think they have any regrets about anything they've done in their career, but it definitely changed after Vince Clark left the band. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, that's like they had that one. I think we talked about it on a prior episode where Vince Clark, he like remixed a uh, Depeche Mode song. I was on his 2009 album, mm-hmm. like this remix album. And then Alan Wilder also did one. That song that I always talk about that he needs to get back in the band. I wish they would just invite him back. Not going to happen. Just do an EP, man. Just do yeah. an EP like the old days. Just do three songs. You don't think it would ever happen? I I, I, don't, I don't think that they're... What, what I've seen is that they all tend to get along, but it was just, you know, now. But at that time in 90, you know, three or five when... Well, I guess it was 95 when he left, that it was just he didn't want to deal with all the baggage and the alcoholism, the heroin addiction, the depression, and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Hopefully they're in a better place now. I really like, this has nothing to do with Vince Clark, but I really like the two advanced singles so far off the new Depeche Mode album. Oh, God, yeah. I'm really excited. I like them. Yeah. I think if you have a chance to see them, you should. Definitely. Yeah. And I've been skeptical, you know, reduced to just a duo, but been very impressed so far. So when did the music of Vince Clark first hit your radar? I would say probably early MTV with uh, Just Can't Get Enough, probably that video. That was probably the very first one. And then after that, I remember Yazoo, like a lot of the older brothers and sisters of my friends or, um, you know, some of them who were in college were bringing home upstairs at Eric. And then I was hearing it. And then I can't remember buying that album, but I remember having a cassette. Mm. And then, you know, so I played that a lot. Probably another bit of petty thievery. No, I didn't steal that one. No. Oh, okay. All right. No. And I never stole from a store. I only stole from a house. And yeah. that was, of well, course. They probably had it coming then. No, they did not. But um, <laughs> I was, just a little side note, I was at Barnes & Noble's yesterday. Because, you know, those things, books, I like to look at them. Yep. Not read them, but I like to look at them. And we were in the music section. And I was talking to a guy there. If you have cassettes from the 80s and 90s, you may want to look in online because there's some cassettes that are already like going for hundreds of dollars. It just depends on who it is. Like if you probably have yeah. like the first cassette of The Cure, their best of album, you know, that singles album, Standing on the Beach. Yep. That could go for hundreds of bucks. And he was telling me that he just bought a cassette for like $30 of some new album coming out and it's already selling for 150 online. So. Wow. So all the millennials, this cool new, hell, look at these little cassettes. Awesome. I think they kind of suck myself. I think CD is probably your best format. I know vinyl, vinyl, call them my, you know, they're records, but everyone loves the vinyl. Yeah, the vinyl, it's 180 gram vinyl. Who cares? It's a way to sell you something <laughs> stupid. But I think CD is probably the best. You know what I mean? The Getting to your favorite song, the way it sounds, the way it's transported, everything. CD's the best. It's the easiest. But cassettes, because you have to like either listen to songs you don't want to hear, fast forward, you have to reverse, you have to turn it around. And then if you get something stuck in the little thing on top, you could record right over it. You know, I don't know. But cassettes yep. are, I, they are the cool new little thing. Yeah. Pre-recorded cassettes, I was never really into. I mean, I have a small collection, but making mixtapes, I love doing that. That was mm-hmm. always fun. But yeah, pre-recorded tapes never really got much of appeal other than that i'm pretty much agnostic when it comes to format vinyl cds whatever if it's well mastered clean i'm good the problem with cds nowadays is that they're mastered atrociously cds from the early 80s let's say probably through to the early 90s are brilliant they sound great they still sound great last weekend i went through this big tote box and i have nothing but cassettes from early 90s yeah a lot in the early 90s but a lot in the 80s too cool you should take a picture post that stuff up 100 bucks each anybody get to us on our uh, (laughs) facebook page you have a cassette you could go look what i have kids are gonna go wow it's a relic from 1999 that was forever ago I figure that Doolittle cassette now, I mean, that's the stuff of O3L legend. So, I mean, you could probably get a pretty penny. Yeah, I don't know if I have that. I'm going to look for that. I'm not sure if I have it, but, oh, um, but oh. I will look. I'll see if I do, because that would be funny <laughs> okay. if I did. 
when I asked you that question, I was trying to remember when I really first became familiar with the music of Vince Clark. I knew just can't get enough. I knew don't go. I mean, stuff like that. I don't think I could have told you that they were from the same mind. I think probably the first time I really remember the name Vince Clark and kind of putting it all together was hearing songs like Chains of Love and A Little Respect on the radio because I was about 13, 14 when those came out. Yeah. So it was kind of that moment when you start being more aware of new music coming out. I don't think I'm as encyclopedic, encyclopedic, I can say that, about the music of Vince Clark as I am for some. So probably my list today, even though I have most of what he's ever done, my list is probably going to be pretty basic. Oh, yeah, mine too. That's like, because by the time Erasure came around in 86, there were some great songs from Erasure and I listened to them then, but I wasn't into Erasure as much as I was Yazoo or Depeche Mode. Right, right. You know, yeah. so I would have to say, because right about that time, Depeche Mode came out with People Are People when Erasure was coming out. So I was much more into that than I was. Oh, and having some uh -oh. guy half naked jump around on stage. Mm, Andy okay. Bell. Well, that's hmm. just me, though. But I, but it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. So you you want to you seem nervous. You think I'm going to say something bad? No, I don't think you're going to say we get into bad? our list. Let's get into our list. Oh, OK. I'm going to start off. This is as Brett weird as I'm going to get off this list because I'm going to go with something out of left field that I had no idea existed until this week. And it's out of our era. So I will say that. But I thought it was such a great little song fragment that I'm going to make it my number five. So it's Vince Clark and Richard Butler from Psychedelic Furs. It's a song that I saw either referred to as Work It Out or Time of My Life. And it was played during a 2004 episode of the Cartoon Network show Johnny Bravo. So the song accompanies a short sequence where the animated protagonist is going from a teenage weakling to a buffed up stud muffin. And amazingly, it sounds like the Depeche Mode psychedelic furs crossover that we didn't know we needed. What's amazing is what should have been a legendary meeting of post-punk giants was contained to a one minute long snippet that was buried in a cartoon. But, you know, it was 2004 and I don't think that neither artist's commercial stock was exactly at an all-time high then. I wonder how it came to be and if a full version even exists, but I say bring it on if it does. <laughs> I guess I'll give up an honorable mention right now because I originally had the 1985 song One Day in this slot, which was a song that Vince Clark did with Paul Quinn because I like Quinn's bands, the Jazzeteers, who is a band on Postcard Records and Bougie Bougie. But I don't know if it was ultimately top five material for me. So I kind of moved it out of the way. And I'm going with a song. I guess I'll call it Work It Out by uh, Vince Clark and Richard Butler. Which cartoon was this? Johnny Bravo. Johnny. Uh, whoa, mama. It's a really good song. <laughs> whoa, mama. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to check that out. I'm pretty excited yeah. about this. Yeah, very cool. Well, because, you know, like you have Vince Clark and Martin Gore and they did that. Uh, the, the, I think the project is still alive. The VCMG. Uh-huh. You know, it's not my cup of tea because it's just like techno. It's like, you know, hey, here's here's the next song. Oh, here's the other song. That's what it sounds like to me. So, But there's some cool stuff there, too. So, But that's not what I went with. What did you go with? Well, at number five for me, come on, we got to just kick this one off, right? A song that has got so many remixes, and there's this really great one from Dominatrix. It's like a DJ group um that they've done it they've rocked it up a little bit um or actually that's a different song but this one that's actually been looped a lot of times there was this one band called uh i guess it was like a girl group called the saturdays mm, yeah and they had a song like when i first heard that song and the, the beginning of it i thought oh this is so awesome and then they started singing and it completely ruined it for me but the song i'm picking for number five situation from 1982 yazoo mm. Do 
of course, with the Saturdays, you know, the music was great, but then they started singing about love or whatever crap they were singing about. I don't know. Love. But, oh. uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love, compassion, understanding, bah humbug. But <laughs> it was like, I don't know, the mu music was so great. I was waiting for it to kick off with this cover. And then it was like, ugh. Ugh. so i had to turn it off the women were beautiful though so i did stay an extra 22 seconds and then i was out um but allison moyer vince clark doesn't get better than that so was, i'm just gonna kick it off with situation my number five song that works all right well number four i knew i needed a yazoo song on my list but i wasn't quite sure what you know do i go with an album cut like softly over or two pieces but then every time that enveloping opening synth line of Don't Go comes on, I think, ah, oh, yeah. Because in mm -hmm. my mind, of course, I sound like Jamie Kennedy in Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the great strengths of Vince Clark's music is that he always seems to pair himself with very emotive singers like Alison mm -hmm. Moyet, who on paper, they may seem like they go together like chalk and cheese, but somehow they just blend together seamlessly. And Moyet's powerful contralto voice ended up as the perfect human foil for the iciness of Clark's little bleeps and bloops. Her delivery contributes to the song's theme of desperation and longing as a relationship falls apart. But did I mention that opening synth line? I just love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's simple but brilliant, wriggles your way into its brain uh, like Jamie Kennedy breakdancing in the movie Kicking It Old School. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have no oh, idea no. what Jamie Kennedy has to oh, do with any of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible movie, by the way. I believe that that is one of the worst rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes ever. Really? Well, yeah. Just so you know, I don't know Kicking you It Old Jamie School. Jamie Kennedy. I don't know. You don't think, oh, this is going to be cinema at its best. That's all. But I'm sure he's a nice guy. I think I've probably seen them all, though. There you go. So I'm a connoisseur of, of bad cinema. Yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah, that's it. Number four. Don't go. Yeah, there you go. All right. That's a great pick. Thank May you. come back up. Just saying. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of crossover. Not that he doesn't have him. You know, Vince Clark has got a lot of songs. Has a ton of songs. Yeah, but yeah. I just think, I mean, these are the, the ones on my list are ones that I do listen to at least, you know, a couple times a month, at least. Mm -hmm. It just depends. I go through my stages. I want rock. I want, you know, I have all kinds of, I'm schizophrenic with my music. I don't know, whatever mood I'm in, if I'm in a bad mood, then I can listen to Don't Go. And that makes me happy because right when you're right, right when you hear the beginning of it, it's just, I don't know, it gets it's me perked on. up. It's yeah. on like Donkey Kong, as yeah. they say. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, number at four. number four for me, Vince Clark didn't write it, but he helped produce it. So I'm still going with it. If you can go with the song in Johnny Bravo, I'm going to sure. go with one. Uh, that really was a great song that when you hear this song, you know, just like you said, I creatively, they went together very well. And then Vince Clark always said that him and Alison Moyer, they just never knew each other. And it kind of, you know, whatever happened then after that, I mean, could you imagine, like we were saying, within days, all of a sudden, you're making a, an album with somebody you never met and you're trying to work everything out. That must have been, gosh, hard. But yeah. Nobody's Diary from 1983, mm -hmm. really the last single from Yazoo. Uh, great song. I really like it a lot. wasn't a progression for me from upstairs at Eric, but that was perfect when they went with that second album. And then of course, after this, it all fell apart and is probably falling apart when they did this song and when they released it. So, but what a great song. And I love it. I think that second Yazoo album, you and me both, I think it's really underrated because it doesn't have like the, I guess the hit power of upstairs at Eric's, you know, with, 
don't go and uh, only you. And then you know, I think situation was added to the American version of the album. But I think that people should give it another ride because you're yeah. right. What, what probably happened was the label saw them falling apart or they were already breaking up. So they knew promotion wasn't going to go or whatever. So mm -hmm. they, you know, focused on other things, both of them and the label. And then the album just kind of just did what it did. And then they just put it to bed. Nobody's Diary is a great song and definitely worthy of a top five placing. But I think as a single, like as a big pop single, it's a little more subdued, but it's mm -hmm. a great track. Well, anytime you get that sophomore slump in music, you know, and this wasn't a sophomore slump. I mean, it was still a hit, but yeah, people have these high expectations and they're, they want don't go again, or, you know, they want mm -hmm. situation again. And, uh, you know, things happen in your life and you're like, well, let's try and get this together. Let's try something new. And not only that, then you're probably fighting over money, prestige or whatever happened with Yazoo. Who, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't found anything on that, but just basically that, you know, Vince Clark just keeps saying, we didn't know each other. Yeah. You know, he was a friend of a friend who had come in my kitchen and sing a song so I could demo a song to see if Mute Records wanted it because he felt uh, like the imposter syndrome after leaving Depeche Mode. And then, you know, then they're like, hey, no, you guys need to go in the studio. And then here's mm -hmm. these other songs. And he probably was able to dictate that first album. The second album, you know, everyone's telling Allison, hey, it's you, it's you, you know, hey, it's your voice. And then it was telling Vince, Vince, it's your songs, it's you, it's right. you, it's you. And then it just, you know, it's just, it tears it apart. Sucks. Yeah. I, well, I think she ended up writing more songs on that second album too, if I remember correctly. You're probably right. I mean, I believe you. Because I say it with confidence. Well, and what's the catalog number on that? Do you know? Uh, that would be mute 7862-4. See, damn, you're good. Confidence, yes. Yes, very much so. See, kids, <laughs> say it with confidence and mm. everyone believes you. Yep, nobody believes me. Well, all right. So our top five Vince, uh, Vince Clark songs this week. That's what we're looking at. If you have your top five, head over to our Facebook page and please make sure and like the page. Tell your friends about our page. Um, anything else we want to tell them? Oh, please review this episode of the only three lads podcast please we are getting bigger and bigger each and every week exciting things on the horizon and the more reviews then it pushes it more we have more people added to the community and you never know you may have a rich uncle that you never met who will you guys will connect through this podcast right i th i would say that's likely and if you don't like this episode review one that you do like please yes we're looking for five stars or just the show in general. Say, you know, Uncle Greg, he has nice knees. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Nice knees. You do. Yes. <laughs> you posted a picture of yourself with cuffed denim jeans from the 90s. That was, yeah, that was really accentuated your knees. Yes. You can almost see the teardrop in my leg muscle. Almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been working on. Leg extensions. And you could definitely see the teardrop in all the young ladies' hearts that you broke. <laughs> Yeah, that was March 17th, 1994, 29 wow. years ago. 29 years ago. Seems like yesterday. Sure does. All right. Well, stick around because our list continues after this. Hi, I'm Graham Kemp from Eurosite Sura. You're listening to Only Three Lads Podcast. O3L Spotlight. This week, we shine the spotlight on a new old track. Medway England Garage Rock Combo, the Len Price 3 are one of the best high-energy rock and roll bands of the 21st century, and now their 2007 debut album, Chinese Burn, is getting its first ever release on vinyl out on April 7th, 2023 on Little Steven's Wicked Cool Records. Better yet, there are four previously unavailable bonus tracks on the CD and digital versions, and we have one of them for you right now, called Break Your Neck. A little secret for y'all, there is nobody named Len Price in the Len Price 3, but frontman Glenn Page says Break Your Neck is a song about an infamous 17th century executioner. It was recorded during the sessions for the Pictures album. We left it off because it seemed like an odd one out at the time. We had fun recording it and I think we played it live a few times. It's got a touch of the gothic about it, maybe a cramps vibe. I was also channeling The Mighty Caesars. Works for us. Now from the reissue of Chinese Burn, here's the Len Price 3 with Break Your Neck. Yes, I had a track catch. And you're enough a neck for me, so strength. 
Thank you once again for being here. We are so glad you are in the Only Three Lads community. Don't forget, if you have friends who ask where they can find this podcast, we're on a lot of platforms. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, the iHeartRadio app. Just tell your smart speaker, play the Only Three Lads podcast. That's all that you got to do. Yep. Go to Google, type this in. I did it the other day. Boom. We came right up. I was surprised. It was like, wow, we're right on top now. Remember the first time you probably put that on? It was like page six. Now we're on the upper fold. Now if you type in only three lads podcast, we pop up first. Amazing. Exactly. One and only, man. Well, you can just put in only three lads and it comes up first. Really? At least for me. Wow. That's what I'm saying. We're moving on up. I'm glad that we have finally surpassed the movie called Only Three Lads that Jamie Kennedy did in 2012. Yes, she said it with confidence. So you must oh, believe yeah. that she did. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Top five dumb. Vince Clark songs. <laughs> no, you're not. This is awesome. Let's get back to talking about Vincey Poo. Number three. All right. Okay, well, I guess that everything I said about Yazoo applies to Erasure as well. With the gregarious and sensitive personality of Andy Bell front and center, Erasure were capable of turning the rather cold world of electronic music into something that had as much heart and soul as so-called real music. And I do use air quotes around the word real, you hippies. So many great Erasure songs I could have picked. A little respect that I mentioned. Um, always, I love that song. Just That one just hits me right in the gut. But I'm going with Olamore. You mentioned that one, Greg. I and sure did. With with a little bit of derision, but yeah. So from 1986. And the reason I picked it is because I love a good heartbroken synth pop anthem. Right up to something like picking out something a little more recent. Robin's song, Dancing on My Own. Can't choose between dancing or crying. Why not do both? Everything about this record screams huge hit to me, which makes it extra perplexing that it really wasn't a big hit in the UK. It stalled at number 85 upon its original release. That's really crazy to me because it was only a few short years after Clark had huge hits with Yazoo and Assembly. But I guess that kind of is how fickle the British public was, at least at that time. None of Erasure's first few singles did very well in their homeland, but fortunately it did really well in other places, including a top 10 showing on the U.S. dance charts. And then it took the group Dollar, who I don't know if you remember, they're kind of almost bubblegummy type version of new wave and synth pop. They had a sizable hit with their version, and then the song took on a new lease on life. Finally, justice was served when the 2003 remix finally hit the U.K. top 20. And this week, it's number three on my list of Vince Clark songs. Hola, amor. Hola, amor. Ooh, la, la. It landed at number six on my list. And I okay. was maybe going to put that on there besides Nobody's Diary. Okay. But then I was like, you know what? He helped produce it. So it still is a Vince Clark song. For sure. He didn't write it. But I think that it's a great song. I did like a lot of uh, Erasure stuff. I just wasn't into him as much maybe because at where I was at in the 80s in 1986. You know, I wanted to kick things over and bone, basically. Party and bone. This may be a controversial statement, but I think that the album Pop, which is the first 20 singles, I guess, by Erasure, is probably most of what you need to hear by Erasure. And I have that. That's a great compilation. I don't often sit through an Erasure album proper. I think it was because we were teenagers. And as you said, it was very much about adult emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't have heartbreak at 16. You know, I did. I, Plenty. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, no, I, I you know, I, I didn't have heartbreak. My first heartbreak, honestly, like true heartbreak was when I was 24. Mm, do tell. Well, it was just somebody who I was dating and then we broke up and I could December 10th, 1994. Mm. And then I went to my friend's house and he had a big bonfire and a wheelbarrow and the tire popped and fire went everywhere. 
And uh, I remember, yeah, that was my first heartbreak. So I was 24. Now I had a lot of people who I'd, you know, dated or wished that I would have, you know, cause I was, I don't know, I still do this to this day. When I'm dating somebody, it's like, I'm gonna save them from themselves. I'll break up with them. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't want to get too close. Right. I guess I, I may have a problem with intimacy where I can tell you, you know, all this stuff and not feel ashamed or whatever. I don't care. But then when I have to hand, be vulnerable to somebody to hold my heart where they can then slice it and dice it, I kind of have a little problem. It takes me a while to do that. And so I think when I was younger, I partied, had a great time. Had, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't really a one night stand guy, but I was a serial monogamist yeah. and I guess maybe I'm still that way. So I guess that's the way how, you know, I was. And then when I did really fall for somebody, it just, you know, we we're young and the timing and everything else. And so that's it. Yeah. You're telling me this and I'm getting kind of distracted because I'm thinking back to 1994 and you and Peg Jorts all, you know, kind of well, sad and weepy and. Well, those she knees. dumped me. So maybe that was it. Maybe those jorts did yeah. it. You know, she was it like, could have you know had something to do with it. That's the final straw. <laughs> <laughs> it could totally happen. I get it. I get it. And he if you was go a to passable boyfriend, page, but those jorts. Yeah, the jorts he was wearing. I mean, even though his knees pretty hot. But, they were pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Sometimes you just can't take it. You know, <laughs> that's like, uh, this wasn't too long ago. My baby mama, I was telling her she was about underwear. And I was like, well, you can wear them for four days. And I, the way I said it, I was like, you know, you, well, you just, you wear them normal and then you flip them around and then you could turn them inside out, flip them around and then flip them around. So, you know, your underwear is good for four oh. days. And she's like, please don't tell me that you're serious about this. I'm like, what, what are you? No, seriously. I mean, no, it's like, seriously, you don't see how that would work. And then I don't really wear my underwear like that, but it scared the crap out of her. So I was like, huh? Well, I mean, that's efficient. Yeah. You know, I'm saving water, saving the planet. Resourceful. Yeah. It's, it's a wonder and, how you ever had your heart broken. Yeah, exactly. And then if I have to go to the doctor, and he needs to take a semen, a urine, and stool sample. I just drop those off. Take I don't off. even have to be there. Yeah. Bang. Perfect. Man, I'm there. See? It's efficiency and the environment. That's yep. all it's all about. I got the at-home kit for you right here. <laughs> all right. All what, right. What do we have? You're number three? Thank God it's not number two, right? Ha ha. Bye. Number three. That is correct. Uh, we'll just make it easy. Off speak and spell just can't get enough from 1981 Depeche Mode. I think, again, probably M early MTVs where I first saw this. You know, it looks like they're all on a date, and it's when Depeche Mode looks really young and before they put on the biker leather. Because that was, oh, they were biker leather a little bit with Vince, weren't they too? Some of the videos. You've, you've seen some of the pictures of like, you know, like when we look back and we look at our pictures and our hairdos or the, what we were wearing or we thought it'd be cool to put a big heart next to our eye or whatever it was we were into in the 80s. Depeche Mode, when they look back, they're probably more petrified than we are. Because when you see them with like, remember like the chains like shirt that they had on? I don't oh, know yeah. if you've ever seen that the, picture. The bondage gear. I think it's on, if you look on the cover of, uh, you know, the singles album which is called catching up with Depeche Mode here I think it's like front and center on that album cover yeah yeah that is scary mm -hmm. so at least Vince was out before that all happened and so um but I just love Depeche Mode and this is what kicked it all off for me so I had to get it on there so at number three just can't get enough from Vince Clark and through his vehicle of Depeche Mode a fine pick thank you now I wonder if they ever wore lords uh, you know I bet if we I bet you anything Dave Gahan, because he, you know, he he went to fashion school. And so I'm sure he had a pair of jorts that he probably spun around on stage in at least once. Maybe. But I'm thinking lorts, leather shorts. Ooh, lorts. They don't breathe, but I mean, <sighs> when he's wearing his underwear for four days, I mean, does it really matter? <laughs> yeah. No, you bake bread is what you do with that. It's <laughs> disgusting, by the way. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Welcome back. We're so glad you're here. Oh, Thank you, well played. Well played, Gregory. All right. 
So my number two is from a project that unfortunately turned out to be a one-off. And there's a few of these one-off type projects scattered throughout Clark's career. Released on Halloween 1983, it is the assembly with Never Never. Obviously, I have a deep fondness for the song or else it's not making number two on my list. And it is quite a lovely, stately, and exquisitely heartbreaking ballad. Yes, as I mentioned, I could totally relate to the lyrics when poor pitiful me first heard the song. As the chorus says, it never happens to me, it never happens to me. Maybe that's the way my life was meant to be. Love is just the door that's locked and there's no key. Gosh, I'm getting a little weepy. Uh, but here's the good and the bad of the song to me. The whole idea of the assembly is that Clark would assemble, get it? Different vocalists to perform the songs. And for Never Never, it was Fear Girl Sharky from The Undertones. Now, listeners who have been with us for a little while certainly must know that The Undertones are one of my absolute favorite bands ever. So Fear Girl's presence automatically elevates the track in my world, at least. But the fact that this single performed better than any Undertones track, it hit number four in the UK and the best placing for the undertones was number nine for the single my perfect cousin i mean that's great that people heard the song but it's also sad and how undervalued the undertones incredible run of singles were One of the great things about the undertones was their punky, youthful exuberance, and Feargle's quavering vocals were a big part of that. So this track came out just a few months after the undertones breakup. So to me, it also signals kind of the start of Feargle's solo career, which was all grown up and foreshadowed the somewhat limp middle of the road career that would earn him a number one hit with the song A Good Heart in 1985. It's not a terrible song, but it's certainly no teenage kicks. I digress. Whatever. I'm talking about Never Never. It is a good one. It's number two for me this week. Great, great song. Yes. And I knew this song, but then this week while doing our research for this episode, I went and saw the video. Hmm. Now, I guess I never knew what Virgo looked like. Mm -hmm. And I was just shocked. It's And not to be mean or bullying, but I in that video to me, it's like, was he in an accident and they reconstructed his face? He's got very yeah. pronounced features. He's got a very yeah, strong jawline, and yeah, yeah. It and then a really small. I mean, he almost looks alien, like and then or an alien or like I don't know something kicked him really hard in the face, like a horse. Oh, and I'm just sad. I'm not again. I'm not I'm not trying to be mean. I, that's what I was thinking. Like the whole like I knew the song and I heard it and I was like, should I put this on my list? Let me hear it. So I brought it up on YouTube, and the whole time my inner dialogue's like, is that man okay? And then maybe it was just a bad video. I don't know. Yeah, go back and watch some old Undertones videos now. Yeah, maybe I should do that. So I'm yeah. sorry, Farragal. I'm not trying to be mean, but I just, I was concerned. I do wish that he would come back and make some new music. I don't think he has any interest in it. He went over to the A&R side uh, in the early 90s, and I think he's kind of stayed on on that side of the business. And then when the Undertones reformed 1999, they got a new lead singer who's actually, he's really good. And they have uh, three albums, I think, with him and they're really good live. But anyway, back to Vince Clark. Sorry. All right. Well, back to Vince Clark in my number two. You ready for this one? Yes, indeed. Well, it's a very intelligent pick. Mm, just like you it? said, when you first start hearing just the start of the song, all your cells start to vibrate in a frequency of just this is going to be awesome. And it's Don't Go from 1982. Yaz here in the U.S. because some other crappy little band here had the name Yazoo in their name or something like that. I can't, don't know the whole story, but I know that they got sued and so they had to shorten their name. But uh, thank God they didn't go Yazoo UK or UK Yazoo or they yeah. just went, okay, Yaz. And uh, that's how we knew them here, at least, you know, when I first started to know them. I didn't know them as Yazoo. That bugs me when people add the UK or... But you have to. What else are they going to do? I know, I know. But I refuse to do it. The only time when I'll ever do it is for the beat slash English beat, because I'm a fan of both the American band called The Beat, led by Paul Collins, and the beat that we know as the English beat. Mm -hmm. I will never call Suede the London Suede. I will never call the chameleons the chameleons UK. Just not going to do it. 
not going to do it. Forget it, huh? Forget it. Drawing a line in the sand. Yes. I'm very right, staunch about this. Yeah, well, at least, you know, the beat went, they, they weren't the UK beat. They were the yeah. English beat. So they maybe the that's beat. what we should do. So it should be English Yazoo. The English Yazoo. Yeah. Yeah. They should call themselves the Great Yazoo after the Flintstones character, the Great Gazoo. There you go. See, thinking, you're thinking, maybe we should get all of these people. Yeah. And they should call people, what did they used to call Fred and Barney? The Great Gazoo would go, Fred and Barney, you're a bunch of dummies. Or something. <laughs> that could have been their shtick. That could have been it. Yeah. Well. They missed the boat. Again, our creativity comes, you just never know. Yeah. Vince Clark, if you're listening to this and or find a time machine to take you back 40 years, you might want to consider this. There you go. And okay. consider this. Please head over to our Facebook page. We have a lot of new T-shirts. You can help offset some of the cost it takes to put this on each and every week. We have a Vamp Elephant shirt now. We do. Which the kids love. They love. Love it. Big hit with the kiddies. Yeah, you know, like if you're a absent parent and you feel bad and you are always buying your kids something to make them remember you, like an iPad or, I don't know, a laptop, you know, whatever you're buying, this Vamp Elephant shirt, even though I can't say it, if you get that for them, they're always going to remember you and they're going to wear it with pride and they're going to be able to just wear it to school and people are going to be jealous and they're going to love you even more. I don't remember my parents' face. But I do remember that they got me a Vamp Elephant shirt. There you go. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know, do what you want, but it's just something to think about. We'll throw it out there and stick around. Our number one Vince Clark songs coming up after this. If your idea of a hot date is sweet talking Surrey in the bathtub. No, thanks. I'll pass. Pervert. You need a serious classic alternative infusion. Only three lads. During episode 153, we chatted with Graham Kemp from Urasai Yatsura about our top five animal songs. And as usual, the O3L community responded with some great additions. Lad Julie reminded us of a couple of bird songs that we totally forgot. Three Little Birds by Bob Marley and Wings of a Dove by Madness. Lad Brian, he went with Dead Animals in the Ramones classic Pet Cemetery. Lad Patrick used to run a Glasgow club night that Graham often DJed at and let us know that, yes, the Osmond's Crazy Horses was a huge dance floor hit and provided a cool list, including Mad Dog by Mr. Ray's Wig World and Seal Clubbing by Half Man Half Biscuit. The ever-reliable Lad Julio threw out March of the Pigs by Nine Inch Nails and Belly of the Whale by Burning Sensation, among others. We absolutely love getting your list. Sharing music is one of the best things we can do for each other, so keep them coming. And the background music is, well, me, Brett Vargo, and my current single, New Era, now on streaming platforms. This is a new era. This is a new day. This is a new era. This is a new year. We are back. It's the Only Three Lads podcast, and you are here with us. Thank you so much for spending time with the Only Three Lads podcast. And as we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999, if you're starting halfway through this, I'm Uncle Greg, of course, Brett Vargo, the Rocktologist. He's the one that brings the foundation to this podcast each and every week. Mm, I bring something to the podcast each and every you week. You do. You Some do. of you perceptive people may have realized that only three lads this week is only us two. Well, no, well, we got a third lad. There's friends in our heads. And no, then we true. also, the community. All of you are our third lads. There and Vince go. Clark is our uh, third lad this week in spirit. In spirit, God. You know, one day when he's on this podcast. We'll have a lot of apologizing to do. No, no, not at all. You could, but he is kind of a quiet guy. We really would have to pull it out of him. And we'd have to go fast because he wouldn't put up with our crap. Probably. And then, you know, that's probably a good thing that he is so quiet and almost stoic because like, if have you ever seen a Razor live? Uh, yes, I've seen videos. Not like, okay. not, I've never gone yeah, yeah. to a show, but videos of him. So he's relatively motionless on stage. He kind of stands there behind his keyboard or, or he might even use a laptop now, but Andy Bell's all over the place and being his flamboyant self. So. It works. I don't think you could have two competing like big personalities in that group. Yeah, he's always been kind of quiet. Even with Depeche Mode, you see him in the back. He might be bopping, but he's playing his keyboards. Same thing with Eurasia. Yeah. Yep. Or with uh, Yazoo, playing just playing his keyboards, being back there, being the mastermind. Yep. Dr. No, is that the Marvel one? Who's who, who? Who's the one who's got the guy in the wheelchair? 
superheroes. Mm, I think that Again, might be Doctor No. I don't watch a lot of those kind of movies. Yeah, I don't so. either. I barely watch movies. I was discussing this the other day with somebody. I barely watch TV and I know nothing about any of the pop culture anymore. I mean, that's obvious by this podcast. Well, let me tell you, if Jamie Kennedy is not in the credits, chances are I'm not watching it. Well, damn. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get to our number one, Vince Clark song. All right. Well, let's hear it. Mr. Predictable Alert. Got a guess? Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. Representing the apex of happy, poppy, glittery, and tinkly, tonkly Depeche Mode Mark One, Instantly recognizable from the time that the opening synth riff starts. It is a dance floor filler that demonstrates that electronic music need not be cold or experimental. It is just can't get enough. Just can't get enough. Just can't go. get enough. The, the classic, the turning point in some ways for Depeche Mode, as much as it was the end of the first chapter for Depeche Mode, it kind of presages everything that happened in Depeche Mode after that. Vince Clark's career, electronic dance music, the influence on alternative music in general. I told the story before, but there was one time in the mid 90s when my wife and I were in, or my girlfriend at the time, were in San Francisco. We went to a new wave club they were having Depeche Mode night, and I had never experienced anything like when Just Can't Get Enough came on and just the eruption of joy in that room. So yeah. to answer the musical question, can I just get enough? No. No, I can't. No, I can't. Oh, yeah. Just Can't oh, Get Enough, yeah. number one. Wow. An intelligent pick. Good one. Intelligent pick. Oh, Very much so. Okay. Well, my number one song's a little more sullen, but yep. I think it's a great song. Yep. Um, of course, uh, uh, Fletcher. I know. And, oh. oh, you know it? Really? Yeah. I, go ahead. Let's hear it. No, go ahead. Well, Martin Gore and Fletch didn't like the song. They, they turned this song down. And I read somewhere that when he left Apeche Mode, he said, hey, do you want me to leave this song? And they were like, no, we're cool. And so he went on. This was the uh, song that where he had a friend in this band with Allison Moyer, the Vandals. And he said, hey, I've seen her before. Can you ask her to come over? And they talked or whatever. And she recorded this song in his kitchen, in his flat. And it was released March 15th, 1982. So the song just turned 41 years old. Wow. And the song is Only You from Yazoo, 1982. All I needed was the Love that song. Um, again, my list could move around next week if we did the same exact thing. But this week, for sure, Only You is one of those songs I put it on in each and every time. I just love it. I just love it. And uh, so I had to make it number one this week. My number one Vince Clark song, Only You, from Yazoo. So there you go. Excellent list all the way around. I don't see how you could go wrong with the, what do we pick, eight songs unique? Yes, and we had two of the same. Yep. Don't go and just can't get enough. And if you have your list, head over to our Facebook page. Leave it for us. We'd love to hear what you think. All right. So to run down my list again, I had number five. I think it's called Work It Out by Vince Clark and Richard Butler. That little minute snippet from a cartoon. Number four is Don't Go by Yazoo. Number three, Olamor from Erasure. Number two, Never Never by The Assembly. And number one, just can't get enough Depeche Mode. And for me, number five, Situation. At number four, Nobody's Diary. At number three, The Crossover, Just Can't Get Enough. At number two, another crossover, Don't Go. And my number one, Vince Clark's song, Only You. Perfect. Ooh la la. Mwah. Chef's um, Kiss and all that. Uh, this was a great, I mean, it was, it was hard. I mean, there's a lot of songs that he has, a lot of great ones. And uh, it was kind of hard to put them in order, but I'm glad that we did it. Me too. Some other great ones, Dreaming of Me. Mm -hmm. Mentioned some of the Erasure songs. I love Always. I think that's one of my favorite ballads. Always. Yeah. I'm going to have to hear it again. Makes me feel all, you know, warm and fuzzy and like I want to cuddle up with somebody. My wife. Yeah. 
I should I should mention that. Yeah. Each and every time I want to cuddle with my wife. That's practice. Each and every time I want to cuddle with my wife. Thank you, Miss Fargo. I'm sure, she will be very very assured to hear that. <laughs> yes. I want to put on my jorts and my four day old underwear and just cuddle, baby. Ah, yeah. And if she says, okay, that's true love. That's staying power. That's a keeper. That's truly disgusting. <laughs> Do you ever bake bread in those things? <laughs> oh, I could keep on. I just had something, something hit my brain and almost came out my tongue. And thank God I withheld it. Are you sure? Absolutely. We're just, you just got to trust me on that one. All right. I'll trust you. Yeah, it had to do with cottage. It had to do with cottage cheese. That's all. Oh, that's also disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. You're all right. Welcome. How about hitting the randomizer? Yeah, we better. We were going to try and keep this to forty-five minutes, but again, eh, you know, best of intentions. Yeah. Hopefully, everybody out there saying, "I just can't get enough of these guys." Yeah, just can't get enough. Instead of <laughs> "I've had enough," <laughs> I've had. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so how about the next one? Top five albums of 1978. Sounds like a winner. It does sound like a winner. Anything you got to say? Anything we got to do before we get out of here? Thank you, Vince Clark. Amen. You are an inspiration to us all. Jamie Kennedy as well. Thank yes, you thank for you. all the fine cinematic efforts you have graced us with. Amen. Well, I just right. want to thank the community for being here once again, hanging out with us and make sure and hit the Facebook page. Tell us what you think about Vince Clark. That was considerably more heartfelt than my shout out to Jamie Kennedy. Thank you, Greg. Uh, well, you're welcome. You have you are the heart and the knees of this show. <laughs> well, you know, we all got a role and they're equally important. And uh, thank God that I got a partner like you. Oh, likewise. Love you, man. All right. And on that note, we will wave hello and say goodbye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.